Welcome to the Fearless Health Podcast with host Dr. Anne-Marie Barter. Dr. Barter is on a mission to help people achieve their health and wellness goals and help men and women live their best lives fearlessly. Dr. Barter is the founder of Alternative Family Medicine and Chiropractic in Denver and Longmont, Colorado. Dr. Anna, thank you so much for being on here today with us. We really appreciate you coming on the show. Oh my goodness, I love being here with you. Thank you, Amory. It's great to be here. Awesome. So I would love to hear your story because your story is really amazing, if you wouldn't mind telling it. Yeah, um, you know, it's really, it's been a journey and um, it's it's been one of constant learning, like for so many of us, right? Aren't we always learning about ourselves, our bodies and and what's the next right move? But my story started with honestly being diagnosed at age 39 with early menopause and infertility. I was told I would never be able to have another child. Um, and egg donation was my only option, possibly, but I'd failed the highest doses of injectable medications. I was sleepless. I had hot flashes. I was fatigued, worn out, depressed, and stressed. And, and for me, and as I share this in my book, um, the, the journey and the story, but it stress and trauma and grief led me um, into a journey around the world looking for answers. Because there I was, an OBGYN you know, Emory University chain, top, one of the top universities in the country. And my doctor's bag was empty. And when we get a diagnosis of infertility, or we get a diagnosis of menopause, we don't think, how do I reverse it, right? How do I reverse it? Or, or what's going to happen for the rest of my life this way? What is, you know, what's our next steps? What's the, what's going to happen next, right? And so that was, that was kind of my journey. And around the world, I went looking for answers. And lo and behold, I was able to reverse my infertility. I was able to get pregnant again at age, um, at age uh, 41, delivered my baby, Ava Marie. So you're Anne Marie. She's Ava Marie. <laughs> and, um, and she's now 11. I'm 53 with an 11-year-old. And it's been a journey. It's been a journey. At 48, I hit a second round of menopause. And that's why I'm so passionate about really empowering our body, mind, you know, physical and spiritual aspects of our body to really heal and improve the quality of our life. No matter, you know, no matter what we've been through, no matter what diagnosis we've had, no matter what struggles we're currently facing, like learning to have peace in the situation regardless and just take the next right step. And for each one of us, how possible that is. I think that's so important because you were paralyzed. You said your doctor's bag was empty and you got this terrible diagnosis that you have clearly risen above. And I mean, how did you end up rising above that? Because that's so hopeful for so many people out there. Yes. Um, well, there's several steps. So learning again, that it's not just about the physical, you know, having faith in God for certain, you know, for, for me was a huge part of it, just having faith and then never losing hope. Although they're probably, to be honest, I probably did lose hope for quite a while. And, um, and then finding natural solutions. So part of my natural solutions was, was finding maca and other herbs and ingredients that help support my adrenal glands. Was, so that's my product. That's where my product Mighty Maca Plus comes from. This journey around the world, just finding these healing foods that help me, I believe, become pregnant, right? Like I thank God 
brought them to me, you know, and since have helped so many others that way. And then, and then the other part is just recognizing that, you know, through this, through this journey, through this um, physical restoration, that I was now from a state of infertile in, you know, uh, a body inhospitable to pregnancy, to a body that was a, a healthy vessel for pregnancy to deliver a very healthy baby, thank God. And so I think that was such a realization for me, using bioidentical hormones, you know, progesterone, and then also recognizing as I continued this journey, it wasn't like one stop fixed everything and then everything was rosy, right? Once I, once I delivered Ava Marie and then PTSD from trauma was still like rearing it. Again, I wish I knew then what I know now, but what I realized was that what I realized now is that there's this period of, let's call it hormonal instability, or I call it neuroendocrine vulnerability. So that is age like 35 to 40 through 55 when progesterone steeply dropping because of decreased ovarian function. So we get the sharp decline of progesterone as well as our reproductive hormones. Add in some stress, trauma, whether it's PTSD or adverse childhood experiences, that loss of this neuroprotective hormone progesterone, which is like our, it's also, it's our pregnancy hormone progestation, but it's a brain protective hormone. It's, you know, progesterone receptors are in our fascia. Progesterone is important for bone growth and healthy breast. And even we know now can help improve risks of other cancers like ovarian cancer, colon cancer, et cetera. So healthy progesterone is really key, not to mention beautiful, healthy hair and good elasticity to the skin, all that good stuff progesterone does, but it's one of the mother hormones. So so recognizing that, you know, I, I needed to supplement with progesterone, bioidentical progesterone and what those differences are, as well as, you know, other additional bioidentical hormones, but nutrition and lifestyle was paramount and is paramount. Those are the first, those are the things that we really need. We can't just take a hormone. I always say, you know, it takes more than hormones to fix our hormones. So we can't just take a hormone and expect everything to be great or everyone on thyroid hormones would be thin, right? Not the case. So you made a really important point. Um, you said bioidentical hormones, not hormone replacement therapy. Can you go into the difference? Because most people think when they go to their primary care and they get hormone therapy, that they are getting bioidentical hormones, believe it or not. So can you expand on that? Yes, absolutely. It's a really big... Um, it's a really big area of confusion. In fact, I just did a piece, an interview for the Washington Post today about this because the our National uh, uh, Menopause Society um, has, in 2017, kind of reversed its statement and said, okay, well, hormone replacement for these conditions is okay, but, you know, versus the earlier statement that's saying, oh, you know, two years and that's it. Now we're like, okay, more and more. And actually, the International Menopause Society president also said that testosterone therapy should be considered therapy in the postmenopausal woman too. Benefits, you know, outweigh any risk. And look, really, what are the risks in, in physiologic doses, healthy physiologic doses? So bioidentical, what our body produces naturally, chemical structure, you know, we want that same chemical structure that we're taking either internally, transdermally, intravaginally, you know, injection or pellet, many different ways we can get, get uh, hormones, but 
bioidentical to what our body would be producing anyway. So for example, progesterone, and I use, I typically like to use a combination of progesterone and pregnenolone in my formulas, and, but it, you know, derived from yam, derived from a natural source, but identical to what our body's producing versus synthetic hormones like progestins. It, more and more, we're seeing in the literature, progestins different from progesterone. So progestins, which were studied as part of the Women's Health Initiative trial that blew up hormone replacement therapy in the media worldwide in 2002, were, were, are synthetic. Those are synthetic hormones and they have a negative cardiovascular profile compared to the bioidentical progesterone, which does not, which may even be breast protective. And I really believe that using, especially if we were living in the Amazon, living out in nature, picking our food and, you know, waking up with the sunrise, going to sleep with the sunset, you we might not need hormones. But I don't know about you, my life's a little bit crazy. And <laughs> constantly being, my hormones are constantly being drained. So um, using some bioidentical hormones, using adaptogens, herbs, good healthy lifestyle, meditative practices, you know, it's really very important. Getting out in nature, all those things are, cannot be replaced by a, a drug, right? A hormone, whether it's, you know, bioidentical or not. But supplementing with bioidentical hormones can really help the transition phase and beyond. I, I agree completely. And I think women really want to have a low-grade level of hormones just so that they don't struggle with issues that we'll get into in a second, like dry vagina or lack of libido or weight gain or all those other things, elasticity in the skin that you spoke of. Um, but you made one important point that I'd like to go back to. Pregnenolone. We don't hear about this hormone much, much but it is so, so critical what what is the importance of pregnenolone? Yeah, I love pregnenolone. First Me of all, too. <laughs> yes, it's so good, so essential. It's been really essential for my health. And um, pregnenolone is one of is a precursor hormone to progesterone. So again, it's one of our mother hormones. All you know, derived from cholesterol, like the rest of our hormones. And it is brain. It has healthy neurologic function. It can help us get a good night's sleep. It is really an anabolic hormone. It helps builds us. Up versus tear us down. So pregnenolone has shown um, good, there's been really, um, I want to say old research on pregnenolone, right? It has been uh, recommended for a long, long time, but it is, it's one of those quietly forgotten hormones. So, Tell me so what you love old. about it. I love, well, so my biggest thing is that I see a lot of stressed people. Everybody is really, really stressed, it seems like. And so the pregnenolone cortisol steal always happens. And so the adrenal function is just so ramped up and you see these pregnenolone levels be incredibly low. And then these patients are presenting with a lot of belly fat. They're so fatigued, they're exhausted. And so we have this adrenal picture and then the rest of the hormones are low again, because you know, it's a master conductor. So I love pregnenolone. I generally will start there when I run a hormone panel and just see what's going on because it does so much like that crash in the afternoon. I just, I just think it's amazing. So amazing. I, I, I agree. And in my cream, like I created a cream with progesterone and pregnenolone, it's my pure balance, but there's 10 milligrams of pregnenolone in it and um, per pump. So transdermally, as long as we have healthy, you know, overall healthy intestinal tract, then transdermal 
creams, hormones can work really well. And so, uh, you know, again, I agree, pregnenolone either transdermally, whenever we can do hormones transdermally or avoiding oral swallowing our hormones, that is preferred. We get good results that way. So I am a big proponent of that. And I typically recommend at night, but like, like you said, for that really stressed out person who's really driving cortisol, then we might need, you know, then I would typically recommend it in the daytime. <laughs> yes, exactly. So you don't hate me. <laughs> get that <laughs> right. extra boost. Right. So I, I have patients come in and they say, I think I might be going into menopause. So what does perimenopause look like? Because people don't really, they're not sure. Yes. Yeah. No, good question. So, um, and this is, and this is often a comp, uh, a big area of conflict between a patient and a doctor too, where they're like, hey, something's wrong with me. And they're like, you're too young to be in menopause, right? Or you're having these symptoms. And like, for example, coming in with anxiety, depression, sleeplessness, those are perimenopausal symptoms. So, you know, those are three that are typically given, you know, a um, antidepressant or SSRI prescription, anti-anxiety prescription, and some sedatives for nighttime. When it's really I would say a progesterone insufficiency, and we need to top it off with top them off with some progesterone as well as get their body using their own hormones better, like stress management, right? And all that good stuff that helps us build up our own natural hormones. So perimenopause typically will see the gynecologic symptoms that I see all the time, such as irregular bleeding, a heavy menstrual flow, breakthrough bleeding more pain and discomfort with their periods and maybe some ovarian cyst or fibroid issues coming up, but really mostly they come in with PMS, severe PMS, worsening PMS, the, the symptom of hating your husband only two weeks out of the month, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you have that symptom, it's only two weeks and it's most likely your hormones and not your husband. It's funny because I was having a discussion with another colleague the other day that, uh, um, a neurologist and we were talking and, sh and she was telling me about some things that were happening. I'm like, when do they happen in your household? When are you feeling on edge? What's going on there? And sure enough, it's like the week before her period starts. I'm like, well, you know, your husband has something to, you know, has some part of this, but <laughs> let's, let's get your hormones tanked up. Let's start with, you know, you know, they do what you do. Like let's detox, let's support your liver detoxification. Let's clean up. Let's get rid of any xenoestrogens or, you know, hormone disruptors and let's tank up your own progesterone and support your adrenal glands so that, that you feel better. It's a, a little bit goes a long way here, especially in this stage. And in other symptoms that people typically don't think about related to the perimenopause, also that heart palpitation that you're getting all of a sudden, like that takes women to the ER, right? They think they're having a heart attack or they're having a fibrillation, but they're feeling that, you know, heart rate uh, palpitation. And also, you know, muscle cramps, like cramps, you know, aching when you wake up in the morning, putting your feet on the floor and it hurts. I mean, progest, our hormones are part of our fascia. And as our hormones, especially progesterone, that nice, you know, hormone of um, just, let's just say, uh, of birth and rebirth, like that we need on a daily basis, you know, that as we lose progesterone, we become stiffer because it's part of our fascia and it, we need it for that elasticity and our collagen to rebuild the collagen matrix. So how does diet play into this? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. Well, especially in the perimenopause, because one of the other symptoms of perimenopause is that weight gain. And this is, you can relate to this, Amory. when patients come into our office and they say, you know, Dr. Anna, Dr. Ann, I am gaining 5, 10, 20 pounds and I'm not doing anything different, right? And early as a young doctor, I'd be like, sure, you're not, sure, you're not, surely you're eating like a candy bar or you're driving through instead of walking or whatever you may be doing, right? But lo and behold, when that happened to me, when I hit 48 and I'd been alkalinizing, detoxing, and I was doing everything the same, but I was gaining that 5, 10, 20 pounds. And for me, that was a huge eye-opening event. That was a huge wake-up call. And because I'd been over 240 pounds, lost and kept off, you know, over 80 pounds for quite a while. And, you know, so gaining that weight, anyone who's lost weight knows that when they start gaining weight, you're like, you don't know, you're terrified. When will this weight gain stop? Right? When will it stop? I might be 300 pounds before this weight gain stops. So that's when I really recognized how important, you know, my diet hadn't changed. Seriously, my lifestyle hadn't changed. The stressors, you know, hadn't changed. But my physiology was changing. Again, this hormonal decline, but not just our reproductive hormones. You know, we get an increase in cortisol. We become more insulin resistant as we get older. And adiponectin declines. So this like meta metabolic hormone declines. And so I recognized too, that was getting this brain fog, not making good decisions, really struggling. And, and you know, as physicians, we rely on our memory. And for me, I had a really amazing, especially visual memory. And so I was noticing all of these things were off. And I was most troubled by that very rapid weight gain, despite doing anything different. And so that's when I really went keto. But then I got all the side effects of keto, and I called it going keto crazy. And as a mom of teenagers and a young child in elementary school, all girls, that is not something that you can actually allow. <laughs> it is not good for a happy home. And so that's when I recognized, too, that an important part of that was to add on the alkalinizers, hence my keto green or keto alkaline approach that I talk about in my book, The Hormone Fix, and my next book coming out called Keto Green 16. Awesome. So this keto green concept, because those alkalinizers are so important and the intermittent fasting. So as we get older and why this is so important, not just was, was I able to lose like 18 of those 20 pounds very, very quickly within six weeks, I also felt more clarity and energized and alert and productive and passionate than I had in years. And that's what really struck me. And I was like, okay, well, we know keto, you know, ketones are good for brain health, for seizures and, you know, all these other things, right? But how does, you know, how is it really relating to this menopausal brain that's going on? And research continues to come up with this really fascinating, these fascinating tidbits. So as estrogen and progesterone decline, our body's ability, our brain's ability to use glucose for fuel also declines because you'd, we call it gluconeogenesis. So the brain's ability to use glucose or sugar quick and easy for the brain, brain food, as that declines because it's an estrogen-dependent phenomena. So it's a hormone-dependent phenomena. So our hormones are tanked. We're getting brain fog. We can't sleep. We're anxious. We're depressed. We have all these neurologic symptoms 
that's a combination of hormones, neurotransmitters, and our brain's ability to use sugar for fuel, glucose for fuel. So what do we need as a best brain source? We, we need ketones. We absolutely, ketones are not hormone dependent fuel source for the most part that I can tell so far that I have not seen in the literature. So we can shift to ketones and that's what I did. Shifted to use ketones, but I was keto green, keto alkaline, and with lots of plant-based greens. That makes all the difference in the world to the keto diet for women, especially in this perimenopause. So think of glucose is to gasoline as ketones are to jet fuel. And whenever we can, we want to shift to using that jet fuel on a regular basis during this perimenopause. I mean, intermittent, you know, intermittent feasting will take us out of using ketones and I'm all for that. <laughs> Just works for me. So, um, and it works for so many of my patients. I've now had over 100,000 clients go keto green, which is really exciting. Have you seen um, patients gain weight on using the keto diet? Have you seen that at all? Yeah, I have seen patients gain weight as well as hit a wall. Most women would say like they'll initially experience some weight loss and then hit a wall or they just won't they won't go anywhere, gain weight. And it, I think a lot is because people are guessing, not testing. So I make my clients use urine, pH, and ketone test strips. So I have these very simple test strips on my website. They're my keto pH test strips because why use two things if you can use one? So I created them to measure urine pH and urine ketones. And I think what when we test, we notice a couple things. They're very acidic. They're, so they're, you know, acidic, inflamed, or they're eating a food sensitivity because dairy is a big food sensitivity and that's allowed on many keto plans. So, so eliminating the food sensitivity, that's key. And also if your body's not digesting, the I mean, meats are hard to digest. And if you're not digesting well and, um, and you're never actually in ketosis, even though you're following a keto diet, maybe because you're getting too much fat or too much protein, that makes a big difference. Those are factors that really um, impede us. So testing is key. And that's usually where uh, clients will break through a plateau. I think that's a critical point. And feel point. better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's such a critical point. I noticed when I did ketosis, if I ate too much protein, it would blow me straight out of ketosis. It was so fascinating to see that. And it was a lot less than I would have thought protein-wise. and it, you know, and it would just totally shoot me out. Or some of the foods I wasn't thinking, oh, it's not high enough carb or I'm not eating too much of it. Like I've heard patients say, oh, I, I had squash. I didn't realize that I couldn't have that on the keto diet or that that would maybe blow me out of ketosis because it is a high starch food. So yes. super fascinating there. So on, so back to perimenopause, when is an appropriate age for somebody to approach it? Uh, that's a really good question. I mean, typically the perimenopausal time period, I really have seen it shift a good five to 10 years earlier than it was when I first started 30 years ago into medicine. So I typically will say this perimenopause, easy late 30s, early 40s, but it really depends. So we have said in the past, the average age of menopause is age 52. That's 12 months without a period, age 52. But it is so variable. I meet more and more women. And in fact, I have a program. I was had a live Q&A call for clients in a program I have. And one, you know, so many women were in their early 40s when they experienced menopause and they're struggling. And they maybe even put on birth control pill or something just to kind of you know, reduce the 
gynecologic symptoms as they're going through it, as well as the hot flashes and, and many of those symptoms that we experience, hot flashes, mood swings, irregular cycles. So many women don't even know when they went through menopause because they were artificially um, suppressed, so to speak. Do you have a comment on using birth control during that time period? I mean, what's your, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, because, you know, our periods and our symptoms are signs to us of what's happening in our body. So if we, you know, it's like, you know, think of your children having an argument, right? You have to communicate. Our bodies have to communicate with us. And that's what our symptoms are. It's communication. If we cut off that communication, then we're kind of, you know, maneuvering in the dark. So I find that unless we need it absolutely for birth control, and there are better ways. I'm a big fan of the Paragard IUD. You know, I think vasectomy is a really good option, <laughs> but the non-hormonal IUD is a, is a super easy option. And then let our period tell us what is, you know, what, where we need to adjust. Our period can tell us so much about our body. And it's interesting. I mean, the, um, everybody touts a lot of the hormone uh, birth control methods as safe. I mean, do you feel like they're safe? I think they're incredibly risky. And especially yeah. during transitions, I wouldn't use it in young girls unless absolutely necessary. Again, let's use something if we can, non-hormonal. I mean, that's the whole thing. And there's a lot of, a lot to go into that. But um, but birth controls initiated early on. I mean, I had, you know, really amazing uh, young ladies come into my practice at 12, 13 years old, put on birth control pills for acne, or put in birth control pills for PMS. I'm like whoa, these are symptoms. Let's get to the underlying root cause of these symptoms. Plus, we know that if we're started on birth control pills before age 16, then we have an increased risk of breast cancer and other hormonal problems as we get older. So that's huge. Now, also, the same thing is true at the second transition phase. So if we are put on birth control pill during the transition phase of menopause, number one, we're not listening to what our body's doing, so we're not able to react or respond, right? Our life uh, research has shown that birth control pills blunt our dopamine response and our core that we're also blocking this transition phase with artificial, it's a progestin, it's not a bioidentical progesterone and, and, you know, and um, the estrogen as well. So, and plus it depletes our body of magnesium, B vitamins, calcium, you know, folate. So it's really important that we replenish if we're on a birth control pill for the time we need it also, but do something different if we can. So that's where bioidentical hormones and something like a Paragard IUD is very nice. Awesome. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, are you, when, um, when we're talking about women that are perimenopause, I think some of the symptoms that women never talk about or are very rarely talked about, they will talk about it sheepishly, dry vagina, vaginal atrophy, lack of libido, and all these things patients have said, oh, this is just something that I live with or something that I Need to live with. Can you comment on that? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And anyone listening who has been powering through or just living with it, there is so much we can do to reverse it. And that's something I've been passionate about. Remember, I went through menopause at 39 and again at 48. I mean, that is, and I've had four children vaginally. So 
you know, urine, you know, vaginal dryness, urinary incontinence, or leaky bladder, those kinds of things. We do not have to live with that. And there are natural ways that we can reverse that, especially when it comes to vaginal dryness. I mean, and that's why I created Jolt. I mean, I had to create solutions for me because none existed, right? None existed. And I was a scientist before I went to medical school, actually. So I've had this amazing background that I, you know, just God blessed me with in so many ways to uh, help me figure out, you know, problem solve these things. And so I want a natural product, chemical free. And so I created Jolva, which has DHEA in it, has plant stem cells from the Alpine Rose, emu oil to help penetrate the ingredients, as well as coconut oil and shea butter. And it, to help with, and it's a, it's a, a vulvar cosmetic, so to speak, cream, like an anti-aging cream we would use on our face. This is for our vulva, and I recommend clients use it from clitoris to anus and to help restore that tissue and, and um, revitalize that tissue and really just kind of turn back the clock. And what we see is an improvement in vaginal dryness, our own natural moisture, rugations, folding, elasticities come back, and orgasm and pleasure, as well as a, a decrease, if not elimination, of those accidental urinary leaks. Of course, we always want to do our pelvic floor exercises at the same time. They go hand in hand. We keep doing our Kegel exercises or pelvic floor exercises till we die, right? Our bladder health is so critically important. Our vaginal health is so critically important. Doesn't matter if we're not sexually active or any, you know, in the you know, what our plans are. But I will tell you, Dr. Anne-Marie, is that yesterday on a call with some clients in, in a live Q&A that I hosted, a beautiful woman came on uh, the call and shared very vulnerably. She is 76 years old. She uh, was widowed when she was 40, was alone for 30 years, and uh, no sexual uh, interaction, no uh, love in her life for that many till like six years ago she met this man that she just absolutely loves and 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 she was struggling because she was unable to have intimacy because of severe vaginal dryness atrophy and lichen sclerosis that developed over this time and she had no idea because she wasn't paying attention right and she goes, I've been powering through it until she learned about, you know, my products and like, so her doctors weren't going to give her anything at 71, you know, or at 70, now 70, she's 76. And so she was kind of left out on her own to suffer and struggle and power through, right? And so she's been using Jolva, which has been really beautiful and doing my sexual CPR program, which is just a fun class to help reignite our feminine energy. And she's like, oh my God, I wish I found this 20 years ago. And so, but she's been able to change that situation at 76 and, in, and, her, and her husband, her new husband, because they were married, met six years ago. Now they've been married for three years. So he's in the room in this conversation. He's like, I'm just so happy. <laughs> it was lovely, right? Lovely. That gave me hope at 53 being single. So that's awesome. You have to tell us what the sexual CPR program is though. Yeah, absolutely. We'll give you a, a link too for your listeners for a, um, for a, a you know, a, um, a link to my interview on Help Doctor, My Sex Drive Has No Pulse. So a free interview that's part of, it's like essentially a preview to the, um, to the program and it gives you the three secrets to sexual desire. So sexual CPR is really about reigniting our own feminine energy, whether we're alone or married or, you know, like we've been married for 30 years or more, right? It, it's just about reigniting our sexual desire, looking at our health, our physical health, our feminine health. Cause, and you know, whether, um, 
it, if we've struggled with hormonal problems, understanding where they're coming from. Going through these, I call them seven keys to get your sexy back. These areas in our health that could be blocking us and reawakening our you know, really our energy, our sexual energy, which is we can channel to be in our creative, to be in our philanthropic, to be in our relationships, relationships. And, you know, it's, it's really, it's been beautiful to watch blossoming of women. And in my program, there's women from early thirties through uh, 76, at least last night, 76 year old. That is so fantastic. So I'm curious, um, what I have been seeing more recently on labs has been um, very young women having incredibly low hormones across the board. Are you seeing more of that? And what do you think is, is the cause of that? Is that environmental toxicity? Stress, environment, like stress, environmental toxicity, birth control. And even if, if we were on birth control for over a couple years prior, um, those are three main areas that I typically will see that from. And the good news is like, you know, we can replant it. I'm living proof, 39, menopause, 48, menopause again, reversed it again till age 52. So I'm in my third menopause. I think, I think I'm done this time. I think I really <laughs> menopausal this time. <laughs> but but it, it, it mean, my labs were there to prove it, right? All my hormones were tanked and I, I failed the highest doses of injectable medications at 39 with no ovarian response, right? And so, and, you know, really recognizing like what we need to do to revitalize, re-empower our body so it's healthy. And we take the power back over our health. Now, when we supplement with hormones, we still need to look at why are they low? And I wouldn't supplement in a younger, you know, certainly in a younger woman, unless absolutely necessary. I still want to figure out why are the hormones low? What is causing the ovarian insufficiency? Right? What is blocking the commu hormonal communication system? And we figure that I think, you know, in a stepwise way, right? We want to detox. We want to test, not guess. We want to support the adrenal glands and do lifestyle and nutrition practices that help. That's 90% of it. And that's why I was so passionate to write my book, The Hormone Fix, because like I said, it takes more than hormones to fix our hormones. And every woman, every woman, every man has such power over their own body to reverse these changes that are occurring. I'm, I'm the age my mom was. I'm actually older than my mom was when she had her first heart attack and needed bypass surgery. So like I have been paying attention to this stuff my entire life, yet still with everything I knew, struggled from stress and trauma and burnout, you know, and, and, um, and regardless of that, and watching so many women reverse the trajectory of their health to really improve it and be in charge of their health is, is just a beautiful thing to witness because we are entering this transition through menopause. It's not like waiting to die. It's like attaining a higher level of clarity and enlightenment. And for me, certainly spiritual connection and joy and passion. Now that like my brain fog's lifted <laughs> than I've ever had in my life, which is which is amazing. It sounds to me, and this is my philosophy and practice, I think women should be able to continue to enjoy their life and be on some sort of low dose of hormones to help them achieve that that's more bioidentical so that they can feel great, so that they can look great, so they can feel, still have a sex drive, still have a sex life, whatever it is. 
that helps them live so they don't feel like they're shriveling up to die, you know, basically, or just feel so anxious or sad or depressed or whatever it is, whatever the side effects that they have are. I agree. I agree. I, I use bioidentical hormones regularly. Yeah, I use my Jolva. For me, my routine is I use my Jolva in the morning on the clitoris to anus. That's very important. Essential. And a little bit on my lips, too, to help with the... Uh, <laughs> you know, if you ever have put lipstick on and it bleed, like I had my Christian Dior red, I usually wear red, and I would get these lipstick bleeds. I'm like, I'm going to use Jolva there. Lo and behold, no more lipstick bleed, which is so good. My progesterone and pregnenolone at night you know, a shot or two of Mighty Maca during the day and uh, a hormone, bioidentical hormone trochee that has a little bit of bias and a little bit of um, DHEA, like one milligram of DHEA and two milligrams of testosterone. So that's kind of my daily. And, and then bioidentical progesterone orally sometimes in addition to the transdermal. We were talking about your skin before we got on the call because your, your skin is so beautiful. Thank you. And what were you using on your face? So I use just, I just, I'm terrible with it. I just use a regular ivory, like uh, goat milk soap wash is what I'm currently using now. Uh, goat milk soap wash. And then I use the Pure Balance cream on my face, around my eyes and my neck. And then I use Jolva on my lips. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, you have really got that dialed Thank in. You. Very, very well dialed in. Are there any tips that you'd like to leave the listeners with? of your own body and know that you can be healthier tomorrow than you are today. And I would say too, you know, if you've, if anyone listening has been struggling with their hormones, with their health to recognize that we have so much control and often it's a fuel choice. It's a fuel choice as well as a lifestyle choice and the self-care we take today, we make today is going to give us a better tomorrow. So. Thank you so much for being here. This was such an incredible message and a message that needs to be screamed from the rooftops um, because women just don't know that they have other options. And I'm so grateful that you took the time here today. Where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you? Uh, easy, dranna.com. So D-R-A-N-N-A.com and forward slash book will give you, get you my book page. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Dr. Anne-Marie. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed learning with us today, please give us a five-star review, comment, like, and share our podcast with your friends and family. As always, if you'd like to learn more information about today's guest, please head over to fearlesshealthpodcast.com for links to their site and other educational resources.